This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straup welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, September 18th. The NBA playoffs continue on. I think there's about six months left before the finals. Uh, we have been diving into some trends from inside the bubble regularly. Today we're going to also step outside of the bubble. But before we get to all of that, I'd like to welcome in my co-host. You know him as Steve Alexander. I know him as Dr. A. Steve, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm well. <laughs> I watch, I'm watching the U.S. Open and trying to get used to seeing Phil Mickelson wearing sunglasses but yeah, I really enjoy watching major golf. How is, we haven't checked in on on our respective golf games recently. How is your golfing coming along? Have you been out much recently? Not a lot recently because uh, baseball ruined my shot at golf last oh. weekend. Kid baseball. Although there's been a development there. I have pulled my child out of that kid baseball situation for various reasons. And now I have eight Saturdays coming my way this fall that I was not going to have. So I'm fired up. Oh, wow. I'm also playing golf on Sunday and Monday. Okay. I'm playing at Cherokee on Monday. It's a private, like, really nice course, I guess. I've never played it, but I'm going out there with with some buddies. So I'll have a fresh update on Tuesday. All right. I played last weekend. I can report that... I uh, it was a mixed bag, which is pretty much always the case. I hit, I was just crushing my driver for about front nine or so, and then things kind of fell apart as they it, tend to do. It all uh, went away. Yeah, I mean it just it just it went from very consistent to hit or miss, you know. And it, dude, I, my putting my putting is not good. Honestly. Mine's not either. Mine's like, mine's actually atrocious. That's by far my biggest problem right now. Me too. Is, and I think maybe most people who play golf at or near our level are probably saying the same thing. Also, every time I pull a hybrid club out of my bag, uh, something horrendous is probably going to happen. <laughs> I've, I've probably missed like 25 three-foot putts this year. Oh, it's brutal. It's horrible. Uh, I understand you've got a new member of your family. This is true. This is true. We uh, The Straub family got a dog last weekend. Puppy. It's a puppy. It's a golden doodle. I don't know if you're familiar with that oh. uh, kind of dog. Oh. Yes. Are those are pricey animals, I, I think. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It depends on, yeah, I don't know. I've never bought a dog before, so okay. I don't really know. You could have told me anything, and I would have said, oh, that seems right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, life is uh, turned into complete mayhem. You suddenly can't leave. You can't leave a puppy alone, it turns out. <laughs> he will eat he will eat something that will like he will either destroy something right or he will put himself in harm's way because he will eat something that's very dangerous for him or he'll eat something that's going to wreck something in the house or both like if he gets a power cord you know or it both. Be a double whammy he'll also leave some other gifts yeah in the middle of it all that's true he's been very very good i will say 
about very few things, but going outside to use the restroom is one of them. He's very oh, respectful. He's very respectful in that regard. So uh, young Ozzy, his name's Ozzy, O-Z-Z-I-E. Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies or Ozzy Smith, if you prefer. Okay. Uh, not uh, spelled like Ozzy Osbourne, though some have been confused. That's with a Y. That's with a Y. Yes, yeah. correct. No. Okay. So there you have it. Great. There you have it. Sounds very chaotic. Uh, complete madness. The... The boat is taking on quite a lot of water over here, Steve. (laughs) Let's talk about the NBA playoffs. And we've seen some just insane playoff finishes and games since you and I last spoke earlier this week. We, of course, had the Nuggets' wild comeback against the Clippers to win Game 7. We're going to talk about them in a second. But we also, Steve, you and I haven't spoken since the ridiculous finish of game one of the eastern conference finals with bam out of bio <laughs> i mean that block is one of the greatest defensive plays of all time it really is overstatement i mean what what an incredible block well i was sitting there watching it with my kid and i turned to him and i said that that might be the best block i've ever seen <laughs> it was so insane i was sitting there thinking to myself wait a second did he goaltend that somehow like because he he went as his arm and wrist bent back i think the ball was almost over the rim and so i was having like an internal discussion with myself of like are they going to call that a goaltend well that's <laughs> like, funny because i was playing golden tee golf yesterday with my buddy and he doesn't really follow basketball and i said did you see that block and he goes oh yeah i just saw a highlight of it on tv right behind us He's like, was that a goaltend? <laughs> and I said, oh, I don't think I've ever seen a goaltend called on a dunk. I know. That's why it was so weird. I would love to hear an official's comments on this, and I haven't checked to see if any officials have commented on it, but I almost feel like they're like, oh, well, we don't know what to do with that. That's never happened before. I mean, was <laughs> the ball on its way down? It probably was, but it was in his yeah. hands, so I don't... Right, maybe you can't... I haven't checked the rule book, I'll be honest, but we yeah, don't I see it very either. often. And what if Bam's wrist would have like been on top of the rim? Then what happens? Right, like if his arm like hits Got the rim. Down. I, yeah. Yeah. But I will I will say this. The fact that Bam went over there was not afraid to get embarrassed because <sighs> Absolutely. I, I think the chances of him blocking that that cleanly are like one in fifty. Like he could probably try that 50 times and maybe do it once. Um, so he, he had the risk of getting embarrassed. It was his offhand. It was his left hand. He's a right-handed guy. The fact that their hands did not touch, nor did any part of their bodies touch, which it's so clearly defined that it was just nothing but a great block. Like, it, it was awesome. And the game's on the line, you know, 2.5 seconds left. And also, it was awesome that Tatum tried to, throw it down in the first place you know i mean that was pretty spectacular you see tatum's eyes in the replay from up top and he's just like he is going to throw that thing down and he knows it he had bad intentions there he really did uh so that would have tied it right because bam missed one out of two free throws on the other end yes and then tatum gets the ball on the wing kind of falls down i think dribbled as he was going down so it looked a little fishy but then got back up, which I think might be a travel, but I don't care. But almost, almost tossed in just an outrageous three in that whole process. 
Well, and you, you described it pretty accurately, I think. It was confusing, and it all happened very quickly. The fact that yeah. he fell down, got up that quickly, and then just threw it up, and it hit the front of the rim. Like, it almost went in. That was pretty right. wild. I'm with you. I'm not sure I fully understand the fall-down travel rule because again we should like have always different you and i normally review the rule book before we start recording and just <laughs> just to kind of brush up and we didn't do it today which is unfortunate because there have been tw twice now that we're not quite positive i am pretty sure that the dribble as he went to the floor made it legal but because he didn't keep his i have to watch the replay but if he didn't keep his dribble going and then he stands up that's travel you know, yeah, if you dribble, I mean, if you're on the floor and you keep dribbling and then you get back up with your dribble, you're good to go. Correct. But it's like he picked up his dribble there when he went down. But we'll yeah, have to look, we have to look again. It didn't yeah. really look, it didn't look right. It didn't it look It did natural. not look legit, but in, almost an incredible feat of shot making and just a great finish. So well, you're going to have to hire someone to watch that dog. So we'll have time to review the, the rule book. Uh, I know. My rule, my rule book review time has been cut into drastically. <laughs> So, Steve, I wanted to, in the wake of the Clippers sort of shockingly being knocked out of the playoffs, I wanted to do a bit of a post-mortem debrief on the season of one Kawhi Leonard, who obviously is, I think, a polarizing player in fantasy leagues, a tricky player in fantasy leagues, because he's obviously still a fantastic player on a per-game basis, which we saw in the playoffs, by the way. In 13 games, he averaged 28.2 points, 9.3 boards, 5.5 dimes, 2.3 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.83s, very good percentages. That is absolutely, no doubt, first-round caliber production. If you thought you were getting 75 games, he's a no-doubt top-five pick in fantasy. But... Of course, he missed 13 games before the shutdown out of 64 for LA. So basically 20% of their games before the season shutdown. He's now 29 years old, Steve. So knowing everything that we know in fantasy, give me a scenario where you would draft him next season. His nickname should probably just be DFS. <laughs> because that's the only place I want him. Yeah. And he's the perfect DFS player because... You're going to know generally if whether or not he's playing that day. And then you can set your lineup around Kawhi. And if he's sitting out, you can set your lineup around somebody else. As far as regular fantasy leagues, season-long leagues, I don't see a scenario where I'm drafting Kawhi Leonard. I agree. I ended up trading for him in one of my main leagues this season. I got offered him in a trade and it felt like it was too good to turn down. I won't go too much into the details. It was a big trade, but I immediately got him and I was like, I got to trade him away. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the experience is just, I can't take it. I think there are some people who can, and maybe you can be a skilled enough manager, you know, in a daily lineup league where you can handle his DNPs, they were somewhat predictable for a lot of the year this year. It was largely back-to-backs, if I recall correctly. But yeah, I just he's getting close to 30. This whole load management thing is not is only going to get worse. I don't think it's going to get better. Right. So again, no, I mean, he missed 20% of their games before the season stopped. That's too much for me. And his numbers are so gaudy, as you pointed out, that he's, I mean, he's not going to fall past the second round. And I'm not taking a second round pick for a guy that, Maybe yeah. maybe he'll play in 52 games. I mean, look, here's maybe one scenario, right? If I had the first pick in a 12-team snake draft 
and then it's back to 24 and he's still there i'm about to get two more players so he's essentially my third player on my team i think i could do that i might be able to do that too i guess it depends on who else is sitting there but yeah you're not going to get him there though i don't think but there's a lot of people a lot of people love Kawhi leonard and yeah i think he's long gone before then yeah half the people in our league are not thinking the way you and i are about this and and they they're not scared of it and i'm like oh man it's Kawhi leonard he's awesome i'm gonna go get him right steve the all-new roto world premium subscription package has the tools and resources to help you dominate your fantasy leagues across all sports from draft to playoffs plus you can get free access to our brand new sports betting tools from now to september 28th as a listener of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast, get $10 off any annual subscription to Roto World Premium. To find your edge, visit rotoworld.com slash edge using the promo code BKPOD10 at checkout. Can we talk about Paul George for a second while we're talking about the Clippers? Yeah. I, I just feel like he and the Clippers, first of all, the Clippers getting beat after being up 3-1 has to be one of the biggest upsets in the playoffs ever the fact that denver came back from being down 3-1 twice is also one of the most incredible things ever but the clippers everybody thought the clippers were going to win it all this year a lot of people thought they were going to win it all and paul george just sort of disappeared in too many games during the playoffs mm-hmm. and it, i was talking to some buddies of mine in Indy and you know he played in Indy for a long time and they're all still pretty mad at Paul George they're, but they were saying stuff like he he just chokes and hates being in the spotlight like he doesn't have that mentality to be the guy so it's probably good he's playing with Kawhi and Kawhi can be the guy most of the time but he just didn't show up at all in a game seven with everything on the line and maybe the bubble just totally got to him and he, he just couldn't do it anymore I don't know but. Yeah, it seems like it is getting to a lot of people to some extent. But yeah, just looking at Paul George's numbers, six out of 13 playoff games, he had 15 points or less. He shot four for 16 in that game seven, as you mentioned, Steve, two for 11 on threes, shot below 40% for the entire playoffs, 39.8%. So, I mean, he had some huge games in wins for the Clippers. Oh, and he balled out in the regular season. He was a fantasy monster. Yeah. And he had some huge games. Game six, also a loss, obviously, for the Clippers. He had 33 points in that one. So, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Sorry, I just had to get that uh, get that off my chest. Well, let's look at the Eastern Conference Finals, back to the East. I want to quickly talk about Tyler Hero, Steve. His playoff numbers prior to Thursday, 14.4 points, 5.5 boards, 3.9 assists, 2.4 threes. We like all of that. He only has 0.3 steals per game in the playoffs, but he just missed a triple-double in Game 1 versus Boston, 12, 11, and 9. The last five games of the restart, he was on fire before the playoffs, 21.6 points, 4.8 boards, 4.4 dimes, 2.23s. My really only gripe with Hero is I would like to see more steals. You know, he only averaged 0.6 per game during the season, as I said, 0.3 during the playoffs. So that's a big question mark for me. I can't really live with half a steal per game in fantasy. But the guy is only 20 years old. And overall, given what we've seen, Steve, I see him as a big-time breakout candidate next year. Yeah, and Duncan Robinson started that game and played like 
14 minutes or something, and Hero played 40, and he really was the unsung hero of that game because everybody's talking about Bam and Jason Tatum, but Hero, like you said, he was one assist shy of a triple-double, I think, and played out of his mind, and he's he's a guy I did not expect to be this good. Like, I just didn't see it coming, and I'm with you on the steals. Like, I really don't want to have a guy on my team that doesn't get any steals, but he's young enough. He can work on his defense. He can, if he can just get up to like point nine steals a game, yeah. that would that would solve that problem. But I mean, he looks really good, and I think next year he's totally a breakout candidate. I just had a thought, or I was having this thought the other day about how I think we could see some younger players make almost a double leap between. 2019-20 and 2020-21 because they're um, some of these guys are almost getting the benefit of two off seasons, too many off seasons to reset, improve, recover, work on stuff, however you want to describe it. So you saw Hero come back, for example, playing really well for the most part during the restart in the playoffs. Now he'll get another off season. We don't know exactly how long that'll be before next season. So it's almost like, you know, from one season to the next, there's almost a chance to make two small leaps upward, if that makes sense. Yeah, and they may not even be small leaps. They might be regular leaps. Yeah, for a player of his age, yeah, it could be a big leap. Because I agree with you. I think guys, you know, they, they get through a season and then they work in the offseason, regroup and refocus and, and focus on new things to work on. And right. like you said, he's going to get to do that twice. And, I mean, we've already seen huge improvement from the first one. So I'm going to be fascinated to see, you know, once we're well into next season – whether we're seeing bigger leaps, even bigger leaps in production than we're accustomed to for even more players. So just something I've been thinking about. Steve, one more player I want to hit before we leave for the day. Gary Harris is quietly coming back to life for Denver. Just to review, he had strained his hip in Orlando before the restart, so he wasn't available during the seeding games. And that meant that when he returned toward the end of that Utah series, it was his first game in almost six months. So he started slowly, understandably, I think had, you know, three games in a row of five points or less when he first came back, but he is picking it back up. His last six games against the Clippers, 11.7 points, 2.3 boards, 2.7 assists, 2.0 steals, 2.03s, including a couple of four steal games in there. That's not quite peak Gary Harris, but it's beginning to gradually head that way. And I just want to remind people, Harris was starting to establish himself as, you know, a top 30 kind of guy in nine category leagues a couple of seasons ago, but he's dealt with injuries. He's kind of been written off, I think, by plenty of people. He's still just 26 years old, Steve. So do you have confidence like me that Harris can put his injuries behind him potentially and be a late round fantasy sleeper extraordinaire next season? I hope so. I hope so. I always root for Gary Harris because had we not moved from Indiana to Georgia, Gary Harris and my son would have been classmates together in high school. Oh. At Hamilton Southeastern, yes. That's my weird Gary Harris connection. But um, like you said, man, Harris was a guy a couple seasons ago where he was on the verge of really becoming a fantasy stud. And... I think there was a lot of hype around him. I think a lot of us drafted him with that mentality of, oh, this guy, this he's going to break out this year and go crazy. And then he didn't, and he also got hurt. And it's just been a rough, it's been a rough couple of years to try to 
deal with Gary Harris in fantasy especially. But like you said, he hasn't played forever, and the fact he looks this good in the playoffs is very promising for me for next year. And the hype should not really be there. And, you could, you know, Gary Harris in the ninth or tenth round sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, he's gonna. He should be super easy to get in fantasy drafts, and you know has plenty of upside for a late round guy. So obviously, I think there's a decent chance he has more maddening injuries, but it's a pretty low risk thing to take a shot on. Steve, I also lied a second ago. There's one more player I want to hit because we've been talking about so many guys who are in the bubble. Kobe White of the Bulls. There was recently a blurb on RotoWorld.com via NBC Sports Chicago, essentially with Kobe White saying recently that he hopes to earn the starting point guard job for the Bulls next season. I don't necessarily care about that, that he hopes to earn the starting job, but I do think it's worth taking a quick look at Kobe White because Jim Boylan, who I think was was pretty maddening for a lot of people who play America's fantasy. America's most hated coach. <laughs> I mean, just a perplexing, I always thought it was a perplexing situation with the Bulls. It just didn't seem like a great fit for their young guys. I could be wrong. You know, I don't know Jim Boylan. It didn't seem like any of the Bulls actually could stand him. <laughs> <laughs> However, though, Kobe White, I think a little bit lost in the chaos that obviously ensued when the season shut down and and a bunch of players who didn't come to the bubble, all the Chicago Bulls being among them, Kobe White was playing fantastically before the season shut down. And I don't even think you and I have talked about him since then. But in his last 11 games, he was averaging 23.7 points, 3.9 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 1.1 steals, 3.43 pointers, shooting 45.6% from the field, 90.5 from the line. He was a guy who was kind of hit or miss a lot of the season. His field goal percentage was a major concern, but he looked like he was putting it together in a major way. He's 20 years old. I am more than a little bit pumped about Kobe White next season. Well, and when he got hot at the end of the year, I don't I think the first game he sort of exploded. I was like, "Oh, this is this is coming. I'm I'm going to use him in DFS every time." So he he became one of the first guys I was I was putting in my lineups. Back then I was putting together some pretty good lineups and I love Kobe White. I love the fact that Boylan is no longer there and I think Kobe White is going to come out and just go off next year. And before you rip us out of here, I just want to say props to you and I for obviously Nikola Jokic listened to the podcast last week when we were giving him all kinds of dap, pumping him up, and he's like, you know what? The boys at Roto World, this is for them. Got us a little game seven, triple double. 16, 22, and 13. That's ridiculous. Mm. Just yeah. got carried over. He's just got to harness that into game one next season. You know, are, are you listening, Nicola? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well if you would be so kind. We will be back on Monday. No, we won't. We'll be back on Tuesday. Uh oh, I, I just, I did it. It's, it's contagious. We'll be back on Tuesday. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thanks for taking the time. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.